Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, yo! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Sitting here, sitting over there in the jump seat today at the helm, making us sound good, steering this thing as best she can. It's the Duchess of the Dorks is Ashley Pickle. Howdy. Hi, Ashley. Hello. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. Allison Brown, Rob Hadway, Aaron Arbuckle, and William Dyson. Hi, Welcome guys. In, guys. Happy Friday. Uh, and sitting to my right, I didn't come up with a name for you. No, it's fine. It's Ishmael Johnson. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, uh, is that his actual name? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's... Uh, trying to think we were talking about three-point shooters you're the steve kerr to my luke longley that's fine how about that there you go little 90s bulls (laughs) reference (laughs) that's fine little 90s bulls uh all right today is friday february 7th 2020 293 days till thanksgiving episode 899 899 that's michael young's ops in 2005 on today's show guys right off the top Big name guest. We tried to get him on the show Monday. It just didn't work. Uh, but we will be joined by the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, the voice of Texas High School Football, my co-host on High School Scoreboard Live on Fox Sports Southwest. You know him. You love him. He is Craig Way. We will be joined by Craig Way to talk a little bit about realignment coming up here in just a moment. In the back half of the show, it is Realignment Mailbag Friday. Or I guess just Mailbag Friday. If you have any questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, realignment ask them in, co- in the comments on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbells uh, if you're watching us texasfootball.com slash live hi thanks open up a new tab go to facebook.com slash dave campbells go into the comments ask your questions about realignment high school ball college football recruiting lifestyle romance travel anything you want how many three-pointers that we could make like as a staff who would play which position on the staff Ooh, that's a good one i have a good idea you're probably like one, two, right? One, two. One, two. <laughs> one, two. Or point shooting guard. Probably putting Rudy at the three. Rudy at the three is Rudy solid. Rudy at the three. Solid. 
I'll play the four, and then Step plays the five. Yeah, that's 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 good. That feels good. Yeah. I feel really. We need think, a challenge. Like do you think another... William? Can, do you think William can ball? Oh yeah, actually, actually I bet that's a good he point. can. That's a good because Will's like, tall. Will... Every, that's Will is one of the few people on the staff that you've never seen on Will's the show. Will's like athletic. I was gonna say Will <laughs> is just a natural athlete. Like, mm-hmm. didn't he get a walk on offer at UT to play football? You're yep. I'm pretty sure that that's. Yep. I'm pretty know, sure that's what it that's is. Ex- that's exactly so right. He's he's just athletic, so he could be like in here's, a pickup game. You could be athletic. Here's your leadership. Here's your leadership tip of the day. If you don't know something, just say yes confidently. I'm pretty sure yep, that's the case. That's that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So uh, a little bit later today, we are going to be heading to uh, College Station. Uh, myself, uh, Matt Step, Ashley Pickle. Chris Pena, our, one of our sales guys, we're heading to College Station for the Lone Star Clinic in College Station to talk to some high school football coaches. Uh, Going to have a good time down there. Uh, again, still accepting food and or beverage recommendations for College Station. I know it's a Friday night, though. Like, I'm cognizant of that. It's mm-hmm. a Friday night and school's in session. Mm-hmm. And so it might be, like, I don't know if I necessarily want to go to the... Um, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily want to go to all the trouble of, of going out into like, I, I know people are going to say you should go to the Dixie chicken yeah. guys one I'm 116 years old and two I'm certainly not doing that on a Friday night in college station Ooh, so okay so I, I did a quick Google yeah of will and oh. 4a all state 2002 I'm telling you the kids an athlete nine I'm interceptions sure. a senior year at Pleasanton I'm pretty sure he got he, offered a walk-on, like walk-on position. So he's team. the one. He's the guy. Everyone else, I think, in the office is willing to come on the show if I ask them. Yeah. Like if he's I not. if I say like uh, like I don't think Chandra's been on the show. Right. But like if I was like, well, hey, Chandra's been on the live thing. She was on. Yeah, the that's live. right. Yeah, she, 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 she tuned came in. in yeah. Our... Uh, but like Adam, Adam's never been on the show. Right. But if we were like, hey, Adam, you want to hop on the show today? Adam would absolutely do it. Oh right. yeah. But like Will is the one. Like I said, hey, why don't we get you on the show? He's yeah. like, nope. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, is Will could be this ultimate athlete, and we would never know about it because he would be like, oh, no, I'm sure y'all are better. Like, he's so so nice. A lot of that, (laughs) which I I, I won't go into his personal life, but it's like I've I've always always found it to be a really amazing, like, dichotomy between him and uh, the woman, the lovely woman that he's going to marry. (laughs) Uh, it's just, it's like, <laughs> just really funny. Anyway, we are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash Insider Ashley's going to give Craig one more call. Try to get him. Otherwise, we're just doing real mailbag Friday, which is fine. If Craig, we tried to hook up with Craig. We're trying. He said it'll work at twelve oh five, but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be down College Station, and I'm not. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't go out into where the youths are because that that's just like that's just a, a lot of like a lot of stress. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I haven't been – because when you get older-ish, mm-hmm. when you get older, <laughs> um, I, ju- I don't have the stomach to fight the crowds anymore. 
I just don't. That's fair. I, I just don't want to do it. You're such a grandpa. I just don't. He has a kid. I want, Here we go. If I'm going out. How are we supposed to go to ACL next year if you can't do crowds? I know. Oh, Tepper and ACL. I, that will be a I, sight to see. Oh, if my God. I'm, this is, well, and, and especially, well, but here's the thing. If it's a concert, yeah. like, I'm okay with it because mm-hmm. that's, that is a. Let's get things straight. There's, there's a difference between a concert and a festival. Yeah, true. As someone who does both. It's definitely a difference between a concert yeah. and a festival. Okay. So if it's a festival or something like that, yes. I think you understand going in that there are going to be crowds. Right. And you're going to deal with it. But if it's a Friday night and you're just going out to a local watering hole, right? Mm-hmm. You have a number of choices for a watering hole. What I don't like, I'm not going to make the choice <laughs> to be miserable. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's and to fight for it. Matthew McSpadden said, I heard Northgate's good on a Friday night. Jeez. Absolutely not. Sorry. Like, We're going to get him out there. A lot of fun for, for a certain demographic <laughs> of people. That demographic does not include me. All I ask for whenever I go out to a local watering hole is I want to sit and drink and be sad. That's all I want to do. <laughs> that's what, what I is wrong? Do. Are you okay? <laughs> I just want to, like, like, we need to have a, like that's, you, that's what I want to do. You okay, buddy? I'm doing great. That's like sure? that's like a good night for me. And be sad. <laughs> yes. That's what. That's not good. Yes. It's the Catholic in me. That's all. All the all that Catholicism <laughs> does is just. Is Everyone like, is real in on this. You the idea of you going to ACL. They said someone needs to video all of this. Now ACL. So yeah, my brother. Here, my brother. So. Uh, let me. Let me. I've never been to ACL. My yeah. brother is pretty much in every. My, my older brother is mm-hmm. um, pretty much an every year ACL guy, and always comes up with a dumb new flag for his. Um, for his group, yeah. right? Because that's the thing you gotta you can, throw yeah, up a, throw in a, a big flag. Group, so yeah, if you're in a, if you're in a group, you have a flag or a, of some kind, right? Um, and yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to uh, we'll go to ACL. Yeah, year. we'll have some kind of flag. No so. We'll have a Dave Campbell's flag. Ooh, I think we have Craig on the line. Oh, we do. That's good. There See, go. that's why that's why we vamp, guys. That's why we vamp. <clears throat> Ashley, let's go to the hotline, and let's bring in the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. We've only been trying for the entire week to hook up and get together, but we can finally talk a little bit of realignment with Craig Way. Hey, Craig. Does that describe your dating life? You were, like, trying to hook up for a long, long time, and Jen finally connected with you. Was that the deal? You ever, you ever <laughs> just feel like you just walk right into something? Just like, <laughs> just, I, just, it was just low-hanging fruit there to have to just kind of sit there, I can't you know? tee it up for you any better. <laughs> I really can't. Uh, okay, so it was a fun week of realignment here, uh, and, and you were actually in a very interesting position a unique position in that you were you had recorded with rick renner along with uh, dr susan elza and dr jamie harrison the uil a uil realignment special that aired at 9 a.m when the alignments were announced on fox sports southwest and, and spoiler alert that was not live you guys had recorded it a little bit before and so you had that sneak peek at the realignments you obviously did a very good job of keeping your mouth shut because nobody heard anything about it but I'm I'm interested at, as the guy who got the first sneak peek. When you took a look at the alignments, what were the first couple of things that really stood out to you and jumped out to you? Well, one thing I've learned, Tap, because this was my 14th sneak peek. Um, it's it's the 14th time I've done a realignment show. The 14th time I've gotten you know the early look so that I can prepare. Uh, and, and, and by the way, the, the, the folks at the UIL, as you know, who do a tremendous job, they want me to get an early look at it because we all want to be on the same page when we're talking about it. They don't want it to just 
to just spring it on me and then say, here it is, yeah. your fault. You know, they, they, uh, so that they do a great job and, and, and obviously, I, you know, respect their, uh, their privacy with regard of it. And that's why none of it, you know, ever seeps out or anything like that. So I've been doing it since we were figuring this out. I've been doing this since 1994. The first time, first time I did it was, believe it or not, we had this plan. We were going to, you know, we were doing it live back then. And, uh, we were going to do it. And back then, Bill Farney was the executive director of the UIL and, and Charles Brightup was in his second realignment. So he's done 15 and I've done 14. Uh, but he actually does the realignment. I didn't look at it, but we're, we were, um, we were to do it, uh, that morning live from Dallas. And uh, we were all going to go up real early in the morning and do it. And we had an ice storm come through the greater Austin area. And it was the morning after, uh, University of Texas had played a basketball game against Oklahoma in those days, a non-conference game. And in 1994, so what we did was all the cameras were in place because that game had been televised by Fox Sports Southwest. So what we did was we just scrambled Dr. Farney and, uh, or, or Dr. Braddock came over, and we did it from the floor of the Irwin Center live, right, wow. right at midcourt, uh, because that's, that was the first one I was a part of. But back, even back then, uh, they would bring him and you know have me take a look at it and, and and then say you know all right what do you think what 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 are some of the things we should discuss and and we've done it that way ever since and we did it that way obviously when I went in a couple of weeks ago to discuss it but to your question uh, the, the the there were three things that really leaped off the page of me one uh, and we knew this was going to be this way no Amarillo schools were going to be left in. 6A. So the question was going to be what was going to happen with uh, the El Paso schools based on the dwindling number of schools that they had and uh, at, at the high population level of 5A and were the South Plains and, and uh, Panhandle schools going to be put in the same district with them. And uh, thank goodness for Chapin opting up so that didn't happen. So that was one of the things there because they were looking to at the very real possibility and prospect of a three-team district in El Paso. And had that happened, as you know, the way that the round-robin works, somebody was going to be off in week 11, the final week of the regular season. And then if you got a bye in bye district, you would go three weeks between games. Jeez. So that was that was not going to be a really attractive prospect for anybody. So that was one thing that leaked off the page of me. Two, Allen and Plano not being in the same district for the first time since Allen had moved up to state's largest classification and, and dr ells and i were trying to figure it out we're looking and said it's got to be early 90s when when alan moved up to 5a because they had never not been in the same district with the plano schools so there was that and then obviously the the thing that you know we were just talking about low-hanging fruit my goodness highland park and longview yeah. i mean that you know with that with those two in the same it was like oh boy yeah. so the, you know those were the things i think the first impression deals and I should point out, no Coastal Bend schools in a 5A uh, district. We knew they were dropping down. It just looked weird to not see Cal Allen and Calhoun and 
you know, those Alice and those other schools there in a 5A district, if everybody was dropping down, and all of a sudden there's just no 5A coastal bend district remaining. So those were the things really that stood out to me. You know, one thing I'm, I'm interested in, in asking you about is is the the regional alignments. I, I banged the drum really hard, you know, leading up to realignment. Yes, the districts are important, but the regions are just as important. Pay as much attention to what region your favorite team is in as well. And, and it struck me that I think we're entering, and maybe it's just because of the way the population has shifted around the state or, and, and how the state has grown, that districts, or it seems like regions are becoming a lot more fluid. And it seems like uh, like there are things, you've got, you've got Yoakum playing in Region 3, which seems crazy. You've got teams like Buffalo that are moving from Region 2 to Region 4. Uh, you know, it, it seems... It seems like what we're learning now. You got San Antonio teams playing in Region Three and Five A Division One. It seems to me, and I'm interested if you agree that that it used to be that in our mind we could say, "Oh, well, that team is here, therefore they are in Region X." It seems like unless you're way out west or way down south, everything else is becoming a little bit more of a grab bag as far as which region you're going to be aligned into. Which is a direct byproduct of, as we've talked about it visually gathering a visual picture of the population of everything along the I-35 corridor in the east just falling off into the Gulf of Mexico mm-hmm. because of the, the, the population. It's made it by, it, it's just made it really compulsory that it has to be more fluid. That first got my attention a couple of alignments ago when you had greater Austin schools in there like Cedar Park in Region 3 and Maynard and Hutto obviously when the Hutto was still 5A in, in Region 3. That's when it first kind of grabbed my attention and i was like whoa okay it, what it means is is region three is having to move west and it's having to move west because of the population base east and so it's made it's had to grow further west because as we know of the dwindling enrollments out west and so as the twain are meeting there it's just more that have to come from the east so you're exactly right i i got a lot of questions from folks asking me about uh, the Denton schools not being in with the Louisville schools. And I said, you know, the, the thing that, that goes through the minds of, uh, Dr. Harrison and Dr. Elsa and, 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 uh, Dr. Cousins and all of the group that they're, they're working with in doing this, this realignment is they, they have to be very, very concerned about how they're placing West Texas panhandle schools in a, in an increasingly more difficult job uh, every other year because of the dwindling population base to the extent that Metroplex schools, Houston schools, San Antonio schools to a lesser extent, but mainly uh, uh, Houston and, uh, and, and DFW Metroplex schools, when they look at large concentrations of 5A and 6A schools, and just about all these schools are in 30 to 45-minute drives one another. Do county lines really matter? Does it really matter that you've got, the, you know, that, that Denton schools are in with Louisville schools even because they're, they're both in, in Denton County? I mean, heck, you've got schools in Harris County and Houston. They're in two completely different regions, let alone, you know, uh, different out of the same school district, out of side fairs. So. That's the challenge they're having to deal with, you know, with this, with, with the population base just moving east and growing larger east and 
you know, dwindling as we as we look out west. You know, I'd be remiss. We're talking with Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the Austin area as far as realignment is concerned. One of the big headlines for me, uh, talk about regions, is uh, the move of teams like Vandegrift and the Round Rock schools from district from Region 2 back over to Region 4. And, you know, we can certainly have a conversation about what that means and, and how that all, all lands. But, but you know, especially for a team like Hutto, where this was a team that's being promoted from 5A up to 6A, uh, you know, yes, you're being put into a, a, a district with some really good Round Rock schools and, and Vandegrift and, 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 and Cedar Park, Vista Ridge, and that's not going to be any fun. But at the same time, it strikes me that for those Austin schools to be realigned from Region 2 over to Region 4, that seems like, all things being equal, a pretty soft landing as far as realignment's concerned. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I know this. I know the coaches, by and large, are, are pretty happy in the area about all being in Region 4. Now, for schools like Hutto and, and most, or some of the Round Rock schools, maybe not most, but some of the Round Rock schools, yeah, I guess you could say most, and, and the Leander ISD schools, the ones that are in that now in Region 4, it's a soft landing except for the 1-800-pound gorilla who is a defending state champion who's going to be right there. You know, I mean, there, there, somebody, somebody's going to have to see Westlake and buy district uh, out of that. So, you know, it's like, who's drawing the black bean here? Who's, who's drawing the short straw? Because you better play well, because otherwise you're probably going to be dealing with Westlake and by district because... Mm-hmm. Even though their district, which is now twenty six six A, you know, had had uh, you know dropped to eight schools because of Layman dropping the five A and Anderson dropping the five A because of that, uh, that, that, still in all, the vast majority of the schools that are in that district that will probably be playoff contenders have larger enrollments than Westlake, so they're probably going to be six A D two. So if you're sitting there in twenty five six A. I'm looking at you, Vandegrift, and Vista Ridge, and, and if Hutto's able to get there, uh, possibly Cedar Ridge, the ones that, or Stony Point, that, that could be uh, 6A playoff teams in Division Two. know what you're dealing with. Now, and there are no guarantees, obviously, going up against, beyond that, against the Brandeis's and some of the other ones there out of San Antonio, but understand that for somebody... Round one's going to be staring the defending state champions in the face. Well, and, and I think that that's an important point to make is the realignment dust has settled. You know, there could be an appeal here or there, but we're talking very minute things around the, the margins. The large lion's share of the districts are set at this point. Uh, and now probably the next step, if you're a real Texas high school football wonk, is to, in 6A, start diving into enrollment numbers and seeing how things really shook out. Because, for example, I ran to Riley Dodge at South Lake Carroll at the at the um, at, at Birdville on Monday and was chatting with him. And he goes, yeah, I just became a really big fan of Keller and Keller Timber Creek. Because if those two teams make the playoffs, South Lake Carroll drops the Division Two bracket, which especially in Region One figures to be uh, a lot easier. So I would say that you know one question I've been asked a lot is like, well, what's next? What do we look for now? I would say if you really want to start diving in, start diving into those six A enrollment numbers because that's really going to tell the tale uh, of what these bra- playoff brackets look like. You know, obviously nine, ten m- months from now, but now's the time those things are getting set. I, exactly, and and the yin to the yang of that, like you said, Riley, looking at dropping 
to D2, and I just laid out scenarios in 6A Division II yeah, regarding Greater Austin. One other point, by the way, uh, Tep, about Greater Austin. Uh, the one thing more than anything else, really, mm-hmm. that leaked off the page of me about Greater Austin area, LBJ electing the AISD, Austin Independent School District, electing not to opt LBJ up. So you've got LBJ in a district with Lampasas, and that could be really interesting. Or you could have uh, a situation where you'd have LBJ. How about a second-round playoff matchup, perhaps, between LBJ and Cal Allen? Jeez. You know, they, you could have that. You, you, you really could have that. And it, to say nothing of what LBJ's dominance in basketball could be out of that, because they've been a you know, a region title, state tournament-type contender in 5A for a low these many years, and will be so again this year. But in 4A, it could be uh, really difficult to deal with. But even in football, like I said, they're going to – they're going to be tough to deal with, Ace, Whitehead, and company notwithstanding. Uh, and Ashley, I know you've got a question from our fans on Facebook. We do. Uh, Craig, we know that you're deep into basketball season right now, too, and our huh. Facebook fans, are uh, they are very much wondering if we walked out onto a basketball court right now with you and gave you 10 three-point shots, how many of them do you confidently think that you could make? Wow. Confidently? See, there's the key word, <laughs> confidently. <laughs> If I if I walk down on the floor to shoot three pointers confidently, uh, out of ten, confidently less than two. <laughs> confidently, you know what? Less than two. The the thing I always appreciate about Craig, I, all, all I've ever asked about anybody is that they know that they know who they are. You know, <laughs> you got you got you to know who you are. Know know thyself. Hey, when I when I played basketball uh-huh. at the middle school to freshman year thing, I was a 120-pound, 5'11 power forward. I could not shoot, and there wasn't much power in my forward. So uh, so I was never much of a shooter, that's for sure. i got to tell you, I think this is why we get along. Uh, he, he is Craig Way. He's a Texas high school football Hall of Famer. Of course, listen to him, listen to him on the, uh, the Longhorn Radio Network. Uh, down there calling uh, Texas basketball these days. Uh, baseball about to get uh, fired up as well. Uh, and, uh, buddy, appreciate your time. Appreciate your, your insights into realignment. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on uh, pretty soon as well. So appreciate your time, my friend. Happy to hook up with you, just as I'm sure we're not, not quite as happy as you were to hook up with Jen eventually. <laughs> we close the loop. There's Craig. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Craig White, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Joining us here to talk a little bit about realignment. I'm always interested because he and he, the only, I mean, there's a handful of people behind the scenes too, but like the, the, the Texas high school football wonks who actually do get to see realignment early are Craig and Rick Renner yeah. because they do the, the, the realignment show. And so, yeah, right when realignment, like 902, I don't think I mentioned this, 902, I got a couple of texts from Rick. Because uh, I think, like, obviously his gag order had lifted at that point, and he's like, "Can you believe Longview?" <laughs> like, anyway, appreciate Craig Way for hopping on with us. All right, uh, we got about 15 minutes to do some mailbag. So we got mailbag questions: high school ball, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel. That's right. Oh, it's over way. here. There you go. Yeah, uh, you got it. Ask him over here on Facebook, right here. Doink. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, has anybody asked any questions, Ashley? Yes. Um, first one coming from Tanner Solis. He said, what are your thoughts on Franklin moving down to 3AD2 and sliding over to Region 4? So on one hand, like it's, it's, it's a mixed bag for Franklin. Because on one hand, obviously they're dropping, and that's going to be a, a really nice 
you know, boost for them. That you know, to go down to three A Division two, I think is going to help them. That said, they're going into probably the toughest district in 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 three A Division two, where they're going into uh, the district with Rogers, Clifton, Lexington, Buffalo, uh, Riesel. Florence is in there as well, though Florence has struggled recently. Uh, I mean, right now, let's put it this way. In our computer rankings, that is five of the top 25 teams all in one district, okay? Between Franklin, Rogers, Clifton, Lexington, and Buffalo. That's loaded. So on one hand, yeah, you're the big fish in the small pond. Uh, and, by the way, if you're Franklin, here's, here's the danger for me. Here's the real danger zone part of this. If you finish fourth in that district, your by-district matchup is East Bernard. Mm-hmm. That's your first-round matchup. Now, you know, look, I think... And East Bernard probably still is, is the favorite out of Region 1. I think they have to be considered until somebody comes and takes the crown. But, you know, don't sleep on a team like George West or Poth as well. It's a tough region. Franklin kind of got a little bit of everything in the sense that they got the good in dropping down. But as far as a landing is concerned, I mean, it's it, they landed into a briar patch. It's, it's, it's pretty tough there, so... I would say that that for Franklin, it was a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I'm interested to see how they compete with better numbers uh, as far as relative to their district. Uh, but because uh, yeah, they are now the uh, they're the largest team in that or second largest team in that in that district, only behind Florence. And Florence uh, has struggled recently. What's next, Ashley? Up next, one that is near and dear to my heart from Kevin Kelso, who is a fighting Lano Yellow Jacket. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he said, I'm curious about your thoughts on Liberty Hill realignment, the weakest district in their division, especially with their oh. proximity to Leander and Georgetown. Oh. And I think we mentioned this on the Tuesday show uh, with our initial realignment thoughts. Um, there were about three different ways that it could go for Liberty Hill. Mm-hmm. Two of them were really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they got the third. Yeah. Yep. Uh, where they really lucked out, I would say. Uh, look, it's not going to be fun to have a bi-district matchup with a team like Georgetown Eastview or a team like Bastrop or Cedar Creek. But moving up is always going to make it, make it like that. Mm-hmm. But to land in a district with Austin ISD and Marble Falls is about as nice as you can hope for. Uh, because there is a fair chance that they're going to get jumped uh, dumped in with that with with the Elgin and the and the Brenham and the and, and the Bastrop and have to deal with them in district. Instead, they are, despite moving up, I would say still the clear favorite in that district. I'd say so. Like that's pretty rare to to move up a classification and to immediately begin again. Look, these are all based a lot on almost always on twenty nine, almost all on twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. But they're probably the favorite out of that district. Um, the region's tough because the uh, district 15 is really tough with Tyvee Champion, uh, Medina Valley. Uh, you got some really good Valley teams. Yeah. By the way, if you want, uh, quick quick aside, if you want to go to if you want to go to a game Friday potentially this this fall, uh, but you only have like maybe an hour and a half to burn, mm-hmm. go to the Liberty Hill Marble Falls. Game. <laughs> Because yeah. Brian Herman is a former Liberty Hill assistant. He's now the head coach of Marble Falls. That game is going to be an hour to an hour and a half. Slot T. Two slot T teams going at it. Yeah. We'll be out of there by like 8.30. So if it's a 7 o'clock kick, you can make a 9.15 dinner yeah. reservation. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay. Like, like, oh, I need a, late to be like, oh, we, yeah, we can do it. We can do it. We can swing. I got to make a game. Yeah, yeah find what we, yeah. these two are playing. Yeah, like go, go to a concert, downbeats at 9.30. You're good, <laughs> right. okay? Yeah, You're right. good. Both stadiums are yeah. nice too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's going to be – that's that's interesting. But, yeah, I would say – all things considered for Liberty Hill, yeah. this was a knowing you're moving up, 
this is about as good as you could ask for. Mm-hmm. So I would say they were a pretty big winner when it comes to realignment. What's next, Ashley? Uh, this one coming from Tanner Wilson. So Coppell, Hebron, Plano, West, mm-hmm. and a fast-rising Marcus team who had their best season in 20 years could be a much tougher district than many people think. Could, is 6-6A uh, flying under the radar a little bit? I think it's a good district. I think it's a good district that also has potential at the bottom of the district, right? Where you've got Plano, Plano East, Plano West. One of the questions I get asked all the time is, what's the problem with the plan, with Plano ISD, mm-hmm. right? Because... It's a fair question. Look, it's tough but oh, fair. Plano, Plano, technically is under five thousand students. Mm-hmm. They're literally forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> but let's just say they're five thousand students, right? There's only a, there's there they are the fourth largest school in Texas, right? And Plano West is the second largest school in Texas. Mm-hmm. Plano East is the third largest school in Texas. The potential is still there for if they put things together, right? And I wonder if being out of the shadow of Allen and away from Prosper, too, is going to help them. That said, look, I do think that district's really tough. Hebron is dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, Hebron was a team that, that you know, they lost in by district, but they lost in by district to Denton Geyer, right? Uh, Flower Mount and Marcus, both teams were really solid last year. Louisville, uh, you know, a, a team that I think has been on the rise under Coach, uh, under Coach Michael Odell. Uh, Cuphel's a weird one because I, I think that Cuphel, I wonder if their window's passed. Plain and simple. I wonder if the, if the, if the window is passed for them. Uh, and now, you know, they're in a tough district where they, they could, you know, really fall behind if, if they don't get things together. But I will say that, yeah, I think that I think that district is potentially really evenly matched. I think Hebron's probably your early favorite there. But the Flower Mount schools are doing really well. All of Louisville ISD has really been solid. Uh, and then you add in the Plano schools and Coppell, all of whom have potential. I think it's an underrated district. I think 6-6-A is, is underrated. And, you know, by the way, well, the, the, the problem, by the way, the problem is that you you potentially dealing with, so the D1 schools and something like that, boy, yeah, because someone is dealing with Allen in the first round, uh-huh. right? Someone's <laughs> dealing with Allen in the first round. So it'll be interesting to see. All right, next. Um, up next, Paul Roberts asked, who now has the longest drive for a district game? My initial thoughts, Rio Grande City. But I think I would need to I would need to crunch those numbers. That's a good question. Uh, your 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 two options would be down the valley or way out west. Another team that always has really really long drives is like Anthony. I want to say it's because like uh, I was looking at a tweet. Rio Grande City, the closest school is 104. 104 is the closest. Yeah, um, that would be a good inside the numbers piece. For to the do. Yeah, I need to do that. Crunching the numbers on mm. on longest drives. Yeah, that's gonna be tough, but I can do it. There is a Google machine with the answers on it. Yeah, but <laughs> that doesn't make it. Mm. Okay, yeah, well, no, it's just you're a right. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I like how I like how my assigning editor over there is just giving me work. Like you should do that for inside the numbers. What's next, Ashley? <laughs> um, let's see. Caleb Davis says it's fair to say that four A district or four uh, A D one district fifteen with Alice Beville, Cal and Calhoun Miller and. TM is the toughest district out of all classifications south of Houston. Where does it rank across the state? Uh, I wrote about it. Uh, we go to Ishmael Johnson. <laughs> that's one of the districts that is in my piece, kind of when I, my first glance at uh, the mm-hmm. difficult districts, kind of, that was one that stood out to me. I, I don't know. It's hard to rank because I'm not really a, 
I feel like you have to scale yeah. in certain things when you when you consider like rankings, ranking two A versus six A and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I think it's easily one of the toughest districts in the state by far. Like I yeah. think it's in the conversation um, because obviously you have the schools that drop down, Cal Allen. Miller and Calhoun are probably the headliners, but then you have schools like Midway and then Beville mm-hmm. Jones, like you mentioned. Like I feel bad for Beville Jones because they played so great last year, and then it's like, all right, cool. Here are the drop downs. Like here are all the good drop downs. I mean, from mm-hmm. I mean, think about this. There are six teams in that district. Five of them won nine games. Yeah. That's <laughs> and the other, and by the way, the other tough. one we mentioned it yesterday, or the day before. I don't know. Time has no meaning. Right. Um, <laughs> Toloso Midway. Yeah. Went four and six. They were not some zero and ten doormat. Like I know TM has has not necessarily been you know the the the, the pride and joy of Corpus Christi, but I'll tell you that I think that they're playing better and they're mm-hmm. improving. And so yeah, that's a super tough district. We have it ranked second, the second toughest district in four A Division one. Uh, and so yeah, it's it's, it's weird because you have to do kind of it's apples and oranges, right? Right? Because uh, you know how does. How does that district match up with District Twelve? You know, District Eleven Six A, which is the Cedar Hill DeSoto Duncanville district. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to say because it's different. It's different classifications. But I'll say that you know, as far as four A districts are concerned, there are not a whole lot that are tougher uh, than fifteen. There's going to be a really good team missing the playoffs. Oh yeah. oh yeah, like, yes, like yes. If Alice is out, like, or if you know, if B. Yeah. Jones is out, B. the odd yeah. man out, like, it's going to be a really, really good team that could potentially win. I would say – I'll put it this way. A team's going to miss the playoffs that could probably win the other win out in the other districts in Region 4. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like Beville Jones Absolutely. in District 13, 14, 16. I yes. feel like they could be uh, I think so. one of the favorites. I think Alice, same way. Same way. And I think some, you're totally right. Someone of that group. Is I think it's – yeah. If you want to if you want to say it's not the toughest district in the, in the state in 4-8, fine. That's your prerogative. Yeah. It's the toughest district in Region 4 yeah. mm-hmm. by far. It's the power center of Region 4. What's next, Ashley? Kara um, Gafford asks, thoughts on Alito next year without Bishop for a quarterback? And I think this is an answer we can probably all agree on. Uh, I mean, they'll probably be fine. That, I mean, it's Alito. <laughs> I don't think that there's would, anything in the past showing I'm gonna us g- that they're not you know going to be okay. <sighs> all right. What's today? Today's February 7th. Can I get the single shot? Yep. There we go. Oh, man. Hi. Greg Tupper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football here Boo. on February 7th. Promising. Alito will make the playoffs. Yeah. No, but you know, I, I can't yeah, even but die, yeah, really, like, truly, like it right. is, it is going to be odd to you know they're out of bishops, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I don't, I, don't, I, don't want, I think mom, I think mom and dad are done. I don't, I don't want to speak for them if they want to have another one, but that would be you know probably sixteen years away. What if, what if, what if the bishops were the key to it all? I mean, maybe, right? What if they just, yeah, I mean, if they they just have, so they've like, won they nine and what, seven, seven of them? Yeah, they have seven of the nine. So, I mean. Look, Alito will be fine. <laughs> right. Alito's going to be fine, but it'll be different. They still got JoJo Earl. They still got, they still got uh, JoJo Earl. They still got playmakers. Yeah. But they are losing, you know, look, they're losing a fair amount. Now, we said that about what's interesting is that this year they're losing a fair amount of their skill position. Right. Is Money Whereas, Park's gone? What's that? Is Money Park's gone? That's a good question. Because McClellan's gone. No, he might be. He might no, be a junior. I, I don't think I don't so. I think junior. he's coming back. He's no, no, no. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, Money Parks is 2020. So he's 2020. So, so he's gone. So what's weird is remember the conversation going into 2019 was mm-hmm. man, you know, Alito's got all the skill position back, but they're going to get questions in the trenches up yeah. front on both sides. Obviously, they solved them adequately to win another state championship. <laughs> now it's kind of the reverse, where the offensive, defensive lines, and, and the defensive fronts are, are going to be. Mostly back, you know, mostly intact coming back, losing here and there. 
But a lot of their skill guys are getting wiped. Yeah. Which is going to make that really, really interesting. Losing Jason McClellan, losing Jake Bishop, losing Money Parks, losing some big-time playmakers, that'll be that'll be very interesting. All right, let's do three more. Perfect. We, gotta we just got, yeah, we just got our ender, too, so we're good there. Um, uh, let's see. How about, what do you think about Lubbock Estacado's schedule? Uh, their schedule or their district? Because I'll tell you about their district. Non-district and district. Okay. So, Boy, basically, I have not looked at their schedule. Non-district. Um, I don't know if I've seen non, uh, a schedule. What do you think about them. their district, then, Tim? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they're, you know, I think that going into a district with, uh, I mean, Seminole's going to be their, their their biggest contender there. But, I mean, they're also in their, uh, look, they're, they're in there, I would say, as the favorite. And, and they have to be for, for obvious reasons. Obviously, they were fantastic last year. Um, I think that one of the more interesting things for them uh, you know they add in Seminole. Seminole is a is a, a four is a four division one drop down. That's going to be the, the, their big their big test. But they're the favorite there. What's going to be interesting though is I do think that region one got better because uh, look obviously Greenwood isn't you know Greenwood's probably not going away. Greenwood's still going to be pretty darn good. Iowa Park and Graham are still there. Salina moves in there, and Salina is certainly going to be a team to be reckoned with there in region one. So I think region one got tougher. Uh, but I would say that Est- I would install Estacado as at least an early favorite uh, to come out of District Two Four A Division Two, and uh, for you know, for for good reason, right? Twelve and twelve one last year. Uh, I would say that Seminole is going to provide a unique challenge for them, but I think that they will be an early favorite. In them. I have not, se- unfortunately, I haven't seen a schedule, so I can't comment on non-district. Two more. I know you got one ender. All right, Aaron Arbuckle said thoughts on the possibility of an all Amarillo regional final matchup with Amarillo Tascosa. So I think Amarillo and Amarillo Tascosa. Um, which again, that's a big what. So Tascosa obviously dropping to five A Division One is going to help, right? Um, so you're talking Amarillo versus Amarillo Tascosa in a regional final. Mm, I mean, I, don't think so. yeah. uh, I mean, maybe. But I would also say that District 4 is going to have something to say about it, right? That's the Red Oak, Colleyville, Heritage, Burleson, Centennial, Birdville, Midlothian district. That's what we rank as the toughest district in the state in, four, in 5A Division 1. Um, yeah, you know, and by the way, Azel and Crowley are not bad. Abilene Cooper is not bad. Uh, I, Amarillo's, uh, I feel a lot more comfortable in, in, in Tascosa than I do in Amarillo. You know, Amarillo was was a solid team last year. I know they lose a, a few key pieces. Uh, I would say that right now I would look at Tascosa there as the drop down, uh, as maybe you know, if I were to pick one of those teams to make do regional final, it would be Tascosa. Amarillo can they're in that mix, but I would say that that mixer is pretty big, and there's a lot of really good teams that they would have to go through to make it to a regional final. So it's possible. It's not outside the realm of possibility, but I I would say that right now uh, I would take probably take the field before I would take Amarillo in a regional final. All right, one more. All right, this is this is either a big this is a big boom or bust one right here. Um, if you guys were to choose Pokemon based on your personalities, which one would you be? Man. I cannot answer that. I know Pikachu. And that's about My all I know. My little brother <laughs> at one point was into Pokemon. Oh, the original Pokemon. Isn't there is it what's the turtle? Isn't it Squirtle? Squirtle. Yeah, he's super. That was cute. prime my like childhood. The the first were you a Pokemon guy? Two iterations, yeah. Yeah, I was hundred percent. Until the game. about that's why I said, oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, red, blue, gold, silver. Uh, God, what was Ruby Sapphire? I think I was just too old. Just too old. Okay, I I hit like I was like. 
Prime Elementary School came when like Red right and Blue time. came out, and then the car- the original cartoon. Original? Do you think that was? Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. was that like a lot of people's first entree into, I guess, technically anime? You know what that I mean? Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Or Dragon yeah. Ball, I guess. But those kind of came came about around the same time, right? Do I have I'm that not, crazy? I'm not totally sure. Because I was, when, I was yeah, into Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball later. Because that, yeah, I definitely had buddies. I want to say it was I want to say it was a little before, because the animation's a little bit. Because I definitely had buddies who were into both, who yeah. were like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a Pokemon guy, and, I, yeah. and I'm, I'm a Dragon Ball Z guy. Aaron said that Tep would be Squirtle. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. He'd be, he'd be part of the Squirtle squad, if you know that. You know, I will be real. Uh, <laughs> real I, want, I want Ish to tell us what we would be because I yeah. have no clue. I'm trying to. Th- well, I'm, I'm looking at the original 50, 150 right now because I, I think that'd be my prime uh, grouping. But I'm trying to think. God, was Charizard one? Yes, Charizard's one. There you go. Uh, it just, for some reason, that jumped <laughs> into my head. I'm gonna Done. go with. Oh my god! They said I would be Charmander. What is? Is that good? That's not bad. Yeah. Oh man, that was not. What's the lame Pokemon? Uh, There's, I mean, there's uh, There's Magikarp. Magikarp's lame. Uh, He turns into. Are you saying that's me or you? No, I'm just. I'm (laughs) asking for a friend. Oh, Ashley's this. Hey, what's that lame one? (laughs) I'm asking for a friend. (laughs) I'd be. Man, this is tough. This is this is something. All right, we're gonna do some research on this. I'd be Bulbasaur. I mean, Bulbasaur was my favorite of the original three you picked, so that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I think of a more chill one. I'm trying to think of somebody who'd be just more like kind of Is there one that just like sleeps all the time? Snorlax. Oh, see, that, <laughs> one, um, that one. Well, that's sense. that's literally Snorlax's thing. It's sleep. In the game, you have to you have to get a because he's blocking your path. You have to get a flute to wake him up. So come on now. This is this is this is my this is my I have right here. This I'm so glad that Ish knew this because that's why I said it would be a boomer so I've plus never, question. Okay. We were either all gonna know or no one was gonna know. There is there are these you know where you know how sometimes you like walk by a world and sure. you just see a world yeah. right and you see it. Okay, like, that the, looks you, fun. this is how I feel about Marvel because I've never seen okay. any what? of the. I've seen. I think I saw like the Iron Man movie, the first one, okay. right? No, but like, no. I haven't. Like, I'm not one of those. I've got friends who are like super into Marvel. Like, they come out and it's opening day. I'm there, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about that. That's how I feel about Harry Potter because I've never seen any of the Harry Potter, never read any of the books or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, that like I walk by it and I'm like, I see that. I recognize that that could be fun. Don't have time for that. <laughs> Do not have the mental – I have too much nonsense up here already that I cannot add in another like super in-depth world right. into my life. I feel like you would have liked Harry Potter. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know how to respond to that. I definitely okay. was not, and that was also my prime age area. Was Harry Potter? I've, I've, I've got friends who are like my age with kids yeah. who are like super into Harry Potter. Yeah. I didn't no. get into it. Until I was in elementary when the late. movies were started. When the books were finishing, and then when the movies mm-hmm. started to come out too at the same time. Mine, yeah, mine was, was in college when everyone was like, "You haven't seen or read any of the books," and I was like, "No." And then when we figured out we were going to London, we were and we were going to the Harry Potter studios, I was like, "Well, guess it's time to dive into this." Enjoy it. I like it. Pretty good. Yeah. Everyone, the I, studio tour in I'm, London was awesome. Again, just like Pokemon, just like Marvel, just like that. I'm positive I'd enjoy it, and yeah. I'd appreciate the artistry behind it. Right. Jet, there is no room in the end, y'all. <laughs> there is no room up here. Uh, all right. Did you figure out what? I'll stick with Bulbasaur. I mean, that's always been my favorite. Whenever I picked one of the original. What's three. his What's his deal? What's his person? He is a. I mean, I don't know. It's just a. He's a plant Pokemon who has a giant ball on his back. Uh, like a dinosaur? 
I mean, yeah, he is. He's part of it. Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, dinosaurs are yeah. cool. Yeah. Dinosaurs into are cool. Ivysaur and then Venusaur. So okay. Yeah, that's right. Because they evolve, right? Yeah. That's why. I have, the again, I have a sword. very basic Venusaur. understanding of it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good. There you go. There's some Pokemon talk. That's going to do it for us. <laughs> Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Appreciate Craig Way for hopping on with us. For Ashley Pickle and Bulbasaur, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, <laughs> please give me your player of the year trophy. We'll see you Monday on Texas Football Today.